Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Can't stop watching this best catch. But they were a bad idea, I could tell. Like, you went straight, you've had three, I've had zero. Why have you not had any? Because I'm conscious of the fact that I'm a very noisy eater, particularly next to microphone. Oh, clearly, I zero fucks given over here. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me in your drawer um, on your desk. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independence podcast on everything to do with sexuality, relationships, identity and more. This week, I am joined by the singer Ella Eyre to discuss female friendship and dating. Enjoy the show. Hi, Ella. Hi. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. This is weird. I know, it's quite weird. <laughs> Why it is it weird? Um, because I've known you for half my life. Is it really half our life? About that. No, probably not. No, wait. So Exaggerating. 13 years? Yeah, about that. About That's that. That's half my life. Yeah. That is all, yeah. Actually half our lives. Yeah, wow. Why don't you tell the listeners how we know each other? So, Livy and I, we went to school together years and years and years ago. That's how we met. And um, the we, 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 <laughs> we weren't traditionally friends, were we? No, we weren't friends. We, um, we went to prep school together when we were 12, 13, and we were not friends at all. We actually also dated the same guy at prep school. Dated, remember? or did I date him and you, you, you wish... You. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on. I can't remember who. Wait, dated. which one are we talking about? <laughs> okay, Tom. Tom Bellack. Oh God, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So we were we were twelve, thirteen. Yeah. I can't remember who dated him first, but and when we say no, dated neither. at prep school, we were like twelve years old. You yeah, like, like hold kissing their hand. against the locker every now and again. Yeah, that kind of thing. And then he d- he dumped me via voicemail. <laughs> I, I actually can't remember how I got dumped. Did he dump you as well? Do you know what? Embarrassingly, I don't think I ever did actually date Tom Bellack. You just kind of... I think I just had an infatuation with him that I made up in my brain. No, you guys did definitely hook up a few times as far as 12-year-olds can hook up. I remember you did. But I don't remember who did it first. Anyway. So memorable. So memorable. The point of the story is, yes, we were not really friends back then. And then we were put into the same boarding house when we were 13 and formed a strong friendship mainly over our shared love of Sims. Yeah, that's true. And also, I did lie and said I didn't pick up biscuits, but um, well, my memory of Livy, <laughs> that when we finally ended up being these. in the same house, was that she didn't really eat very much except rich tea biscuits. <laughs> and uh, I thought, seeing as we're getting all nostalgic, I bought an, a full pack of rich tea biscuits for us to tuck into I can't believe. discuss relationships and boys like we always do. Yeah. Well, let's tuck into the rich tea biscuits. I haven't had one of these in a very long time. They're um, disgusting, that's why. Yeah, they are not disgusting. <laughs> They're so bland. They are so good. Oh, all the biscuits. I was going to pick up jammy dodgers, but I couldn't find them. So. No, I don't like jammy dodgers. These are the tits. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to open them and try not to make too much noise. Um, we okay, can edit so that out. dating at school yeah. was very strange. Yes, Bearing it was. in mind we were 12, 13. It was very intense, yeah. considering how young we were. And like we just said, we both kind of dated the same guy when we were 12. Not normal for people to really have boyfriends when you're that age, is it? I don't know. I think um, I, at that age, you're sort of getting used to the idea of what relationships are and you're learning 
what they are. Like, especially because we grew up with our parents and stuff and not, not everybody's yeah. situations are ideal. But I think particularly at boarding school, there was this like weird, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but there was this weird like thing of like finding the person you're gonna spend the rest of your life with. It was when like a competition as to. I think it's because it was a very traditional environment. Yes. Which I think was really alien to both of us. Like that school yes. is in Somerset and it's a very traditional boarding school. And a lot of the people who we were at school with come from very kind of like classic nuclear families. Yeah. They ride horses, their parents are together. They mm -hmm. have, you know, two or three siblings. They live in a big house in the countryside. Yeah. And for you and I, that just wasn't the case. We were the city kids <laughs> mm -hmm. from broken homes. Yeah, <laughs> raised by single mums. Which is in no way a bad thing. No, but it, it completely shapes, I think, your view of relationships, even at a very young age. Yeah, true. Because I didn't really date anyone properly when I was at school. No. But <laughs> there, was, there was one boy when we were 14, 15, who I was really good friends with. And I have to be careful because he's probably listening to this or will listen to this. <laughs> right um, and I was completely obsessed by him. Mm -hmm. And it was probably, he was probably like the first guy that I ever had feelings for. Yeah. We were very good friends and we got really close really quickly. And then what happened, Ella? <laughs> and Ella, Ella, bearing in mind, my like, best mate at school. Ella, what happened then? Um, I went on a quest to become his friend. Mm to try and get him to date you. And what really happened was <laughs> I ended up dating him instead. <laughs> Don't ever let your friends do that, guys. <laughs> it doesn't work. It was a weird time. It was a weird time. I think that's exactly why relationships in school are really odd. Mm. I mean, given, to be honest, um, you took it rather well. We're two I, very different people because I think my, my reaction would have been very different. Mm. I mean... I'm chewing a biscuit as I say this. <laughs> um, I took it well because because a few months later I became infatuated with someone else. I think the thing is that we took away from boarding school and school in general is that like relationships are actually, well, not relationships. School is quite an, an, an incestuous place for relationships Completely. because the same guy that we're talking about now is now dating one of our friends. <laughs> so it's just like, it's a non-ending, non never-ending cycle mm. of people dating the same people how do you think though the way that the way that we spoke about dating at school and the way that it was so incestuous how do you think that has kind of shaped your approach today or do you think or do you think it's not really something you even consider now because um, it seems like so long ago I think I put a lot less pressure on myself than I used to um yeah, because I think I think also because I didn't necessarily come from um parents that were together I think I became obsessed with wanting to find something that I didn't come from if you know mm. what I mean like that ideal like finding the guy you're gonna have kids with and spend the rest of your life with and I think that nowadays um over the years I learned that that's not necessarily what I should have been focusing on at such a young age particularly at school because mm. school is actually quite fun and there's a lot more things we could have been doing than like chasing boys around but at the time it felt like that was the point it felt like it was all consuming yeah I think particularly because we were at school in the countryside and there just wasn't that much else to do. <laughs> Very, that's exactly it, yeah. And then all the after-school activities would be chosen around which boy you fancied mm -hmm. was doing it. And like, so I, I know my French class uh, revolved around one of the guys that I liked a lot. I can't remember who that I was. I don't remember a single French word from that <laughs> class. But I remember 
all the fun things I used to do in that class instead. I was the class clown for that reason, but... Do you think, do you think the relationships that we had in school, are, like, do you think they're valid relationships or do you think so much of it was just based on, like, looking to have someone so that you could have someone to talk about and have someone to be like, oh yeah, this is the guy I'm seeing. I don't know. I think I think it differs on on depending on the person because for me, I've always got on really well with boys anyway. Mm. So I'd always and still to this day, I find myself dating my friends. Mm, I so wanted like, to ask you about that. Yeah, like the the guy I'm with now, and I've been with for three years. I knew him for four years before mm. we even considered each other as an option. And I think that was the same for me at school. Like I I became like matey with all the boys, and then we discovered we fancied each other, and then it sort of like blossomed in that way. Mm. And and I think it's a it's a it's a great way to know whether you actually like the person in the first place but then I guess you find out more about them when you actually date yeah but I think it's like does it's it's a much more natural way to start dating someone isn't mm. it if you're already friends because then you already have that basis I think the problem with people looking for love today is that a lot of the time it is inauthentic because it starts on a dating app mm. and you're never gonna be friends with someone but it's but also really exciting like I feel like in some ways, I will miss out on that um, because being on a dating app's probably never going to happen for me, and um, meeting somebody random um, is probably never going to happen for me because I'm so in love and I'm never breaking up with my boyfriend now. Um, she says, we, "Who knows?" Um, but but like right now in my brain, like the idea of of meeting somebody and going on a blind date um, could be quite fun, but I've heard it's quite depressing. I, it's very depressing. I never had to do that. I mean, it, it leads to lots of very funny stories yeah. to talk about with your friends, mm. but it, and you know, occasionally you can get lucky. We've got friends who have been in long-term relationships after having met on dating apps. Yeah. But I do think that they are in a minority of people. I think a lot of the time, the people who meet on dating apps, they have to get over that initial kind of hurdle mm. of this is how we met and it's like there's this kind of level of artifice. Mm. See, I've never been on a first date with someone I don't know. That's so weird. Never. And I think as much as I think I would hate it, I'd also find it really interesting. But isn't it still a first date if it's the first time that you're going, you're meeting someone, you know, for dinner or whatever, mm. within a romantic context? Or have you never even had that where like you both know that you're meeting and it's more than just a friendly no, it's never usually dinner, Livy. <laughs> I think you sound so naive. <laughs> uh, but I mean, but, but, but I guess that was, like I said, I, a lot of the people I've ended up dating have been my friends. So mm. when we're meeting for the first time in a romantic sense, mm -hmm. um, the ice has already been broken yeah. as such. That's the thing that's difficult with online dating is that you have to break the ice. Yeah. Because you never really do when you're talking to someone online. Like, you can think yeah. you do, but it, then when you meet in person, it's all... It's all over again. Yeah. This has never been a problem for us, but what do you think you should do if your friend is dating someone that you don't like or don't approve of? Are you joking me? This has never been a problem for us. Wait, who have I dated that you haven't liked? Oh, I mean, oh, you mean between us? Yeah, no, I mean, no. <laughs> obviously, we know people whose partners we don't like. I was going to say. I mean, between you and I. Like, I've never, I've never disliked anyone that you've dated and... and You've never disliked anyone I've dated. And if you have disliked them, I've disliked them as well. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you for not disliking some of my previous Okay, I do. Okay, no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't love some of them. But what do you think you do in that situation? In that situation, I'm always savage. 
<laughs> Don't you remember like on the on the WhatsApp groups that we have when we're all openly discussing a certain situation mm. that somebody might be in? I'm always the friend that goes a bit far, like with the honesty. Yeah, but that I think is very helpful because people sometimes need a combination of advice you know you need someone who's going to give you the hard love which is what you would do yeah and then you probably need someone like me who is going to be a little bit softer and probably not <laughs> as probably a little more scared to be so yeah I think I think also the downside of that and I've learned this over the years so I, I tried to be as diplomatic as possible but the downside of that is that then actually you, your friends probably don't end up telling you everything all the time mm. and I've learned that in my own relationships too because I think there's a danger when you when you're having a, um, a bit of a rubbish day with the person you're with and it's not going to like define your relationship but you've you know, moan to your friends or whatever mm. about it. The more you moan, the more they get a bad image of that person that you're dating in their brain. And then it's hard to sort of undo that once you've done it so much. So I think um, it's kind of like striking the balance between like trying to understand where they're coming from and knowing that you've been that person that can't see how terrible the situation is. But then also being like, you know what? Um, I think you really need to cut loose we're so young as well I know it's almost like if you see someone going through that we're we're 26 mm. well nearly 26 it's like life's too short to be stuck in a rut in a bad relationship but yeah. at the same time I know what you mean we have to take everything our friends tell us with a pinch of salt mm. because I think a lot of the time when friends are talking to when especially female friends are talking to each other about their relationships and their love lives they tend to only share the negative things yeah and like you said, so it, true. yeah, and like you said, it then paints a negative picture, which can then be really difficult to get over. And I know that I've experienced this in the past when I've dated people and I have maybe bitched about them quite a lot mm. and then not said any of the good things. And then when I'm going through a good patch with that person, it's then quite hard to, yeah. to, to talk about it because then your friends kind of only expect you to say bad things. And I think also there's a danger of it sounding like you're trying to cover your tracks exactly like you're trying to make up excuses for yeah. them yeah and then again like you know as a friend and if you're quite protective which mm. you know obviously you are you'd fiercely yeah then you would be like oh she's she's completely in denial mm. yeah about exactly. it yeah, yeah yeah and then it's even more frustrating it's so difficult to advise a friend about their i think life. yeah and it's also just really hard to understand and like grasp the balance of like when when is too much and like how much longer are you willing to put up with mm. like when when the when the bad days outweigh the good uh how how many days is is it that you're gonna yeah finally cut the cord i'd say if you were experiencing 70 percent mm. bad days mm. and 30 percent good days probably need to take a long look at your relationship mm. and realize and try and work out if this is the right person for you yeah, I mean, and that might be defined by something that they're going through, mm. some, like a patch, whether it's to do with work or like mm. life stresses. But I think you learn a lot about each other during those times. And if neither of you are uh, very good at coping with them, you're probably not meant mm. for each other. But it's really hard to tell a friend that when they're making, well, making excuses or not. I don't know. It's tough. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you think there are certain things about our relationships that we should never share with friends? Um, no. I think you should be able to tell your friends everything. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think there's anything that you shouldn't, that should be off limits. Yeah. If you want to talk about it. Yeah. Because so often if you're experiencing problems in your relationship, talking to your friends will help you understand mm. like how to rationalize those problems in your own head, I mm. think. Even if, you're, even if the friend is just listening and not imposing any opinion. Yeah. Do you know what I find really interesting is that when you start dating, well, not start, when you've been dating somebody for quite a long time, um, when you first start dating, you talk about how great the sex is and, like, all the details and, like, as soon as it gets to, like, you know, the year mark or whatever, you, you don't really discuss those things as much and then you just assume that, like... You know their, their sex life is great, yeah. And I then know. you find out later down the line that like it's not happening at all. And I feel like that's the kind of conversation that I feel like we should try and have more often with our friends, so that we're all checking in and making sure they're getting enough orgasms. In Absolutely, life. it's so funny. It's not something we talk about at all. Like Ella and I are in various WhatsApp groups together. Mm. One of which, can we say the name? Yeah, go on. It's called Cock Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the name is not something that we made up. It's completely irrelevant as well. Yeah, it's completely irrelevant. It was it was one of Ella's ex-boyfriends. It was. It was very, very, very creative. Came up with the idea for the name. It originally started as uh, a group for us to like plan a dinner or yeah. something. And the group was completely random. We just picked, you know, who we knew was around that night. Yeah. There's only five of us in the group. And and then Ella's boyfriend at the time just decided that this is what we should name the group. Yeah. Anyway, my point is within that group, we never talk about about sex mm. in our relationships, which is ironic considering the group is called the Cock Warriors. Yeah. But I think that can create problems because mm. then you feel like almost that you have to hide mm. any problems that you might be experiencing in your sex life from your friends because it's the expectation is that once you're in a happy relationship for a year or, or you're longer- You're doing it all the time. You're doing it all the time and you're and really great. happy. Yeah. yeah, but what tends to happen is that the longer you're with someone, the less you have sex. Yeah. And like it's trying to understand like what's normal. And yeah, what's, exactly. Um, and I think when when you open up those conversations, the more you have, the more you realise that everybody's actually kind of in a similar boat. And if you're not, you should feel comfortable enough to talk with your friends about that to mm. like know what what is best for you and what you want out of it. I mm. guess. But because it's only normal for couples, regardless of how long they've been together, to have like you know, droughts mm. or whatever, or periods of not having sex, like if someone is really stressed or if someone is just going through a bit of a rough time, like that's totally normal. Mm. But 
it's not something that people really talk about. No. It's not. I mean, I think it depends on on the friends as well. Like, I've got a couple of friends. One of my friends, um, who I won't name and shame, um, <laughs> loves talking about sex, and she's constantly telling. I think a few of my friends will know which one I'm talking about. Fans as well. Um, <laughs> but um, she's constantly like talking about what sex toys she's using and stuff. But I've by having her around, I that's actually helped me understand a little bit more about stuff and like mm. what's normal and like I think that's opened me up to the idea of talking about it more with friends because I think it is important so that you feel comfortable yeah and that you feel like you you know you just know what's going on in the world yeah I think it's so important otherwise then it just becomes really tricky mm. so now it's time for our lessons in love segment mm-hmm. so this is the part of the podcast where I ask every guest to share something that they've learned from their love and relationship history mm. Uh, Ella, yours is tied to one of your latest songs, which I I think is very appropriate. So do you want to share that with the listeners? I know, it's not even a plug. I came up with this without thinking about the song. (laughs) And you made the connect. (laughs) But um, whilst we're on it, the song's called Knew Me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, it's about basically realising that you're in a situation that isn't serving you. um, And it's that you've been in it for a while. And you sort of wake up one day and you're like, you know what? I, I don't know why I put up with this. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm a new version of myself. But song aside, I think that um, my lesson in love that I've learned over the years is that um, I am far more loyal than I've ever given myself credit for. And the level of bullshit, like the threshold of bullshit that I've put up with has always been way more than I would put up with now. And like, mm. like for example, one of my exes was texting people constantly um, in a way that wasn't fair or appropriate. And I kept forgiving that because of what they'd say to sort of change my mind. And What kind of things would they say? Just like, oh, it meant nothing, or, or would they just make excuses? Like, yeah. oh, I had to speak to this person because of this work reason? Or... No, do you know what? Not even excuses. Like, they'd be up front and be like, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't be doing this, right. I'm sorry. And then because, like, I was so desperately, not desperately, but, like, willing to forgive and, like, wanting everything to go back to normal, Mm. which I think a lot of people can be guilty for, and we've all done it in the past. Um, And I think it's taken a few relationships of that level of crap to realise that I was so young, I've wasted months, possibly years, allowing that to be Mm. normal and... um, allowed within a relationship and really you should just bend it off um and I think that's why a lot of my songs end up being really angry and like um quite savage because they come from a place of like I finally bend it off I finally said I'm not doing this anymore I think that's such a good point though because I think as women we are particularly forgiving creatures and I think a lot of the time one of the reasons why we put up with so much crap in relationships mm. is because society tells us not to be angry mm. and we are conditioned not to show rage because that is unattractive and that paints you as a psycho mm. or it paints you as you know a bunny boiler or whatever there are all these stereotypes and cliches about angry women so it's almost like, oh, well, we can't have a problem with anything. Mm. So you tell yourself, it's fine. They've been messaging someone else. It's fine. I don't yeah. care. I'm a cool girl, whatever. And I believe them. It's never going to happen again. Yeah. Um, and I think also that's where like talking to your friends sort of ties into it as well, because there's an element of like, I don't want to have to tell my mates about this mm. because I've, I've sort of now allowed this behavior. 
Yeah. And if I tell them what happened <clears throat> and I've forgiven it, I I look like an idiot. But that's the thing, it's so mad that you would tell yourself, I've allowed this to happen yeah. because it's happened so many times. Mm. It's like, no, that person is just a terrible human being mm. and is walking all over you. And yeah, we're too tolerant of it. And And you know what, like, Maybe they're not even a terrible person, but they just weren't ready to be in a relationship either. And yeah. that's that's the point where you say, neither of us should be mm. doing this. Because if I'm willing to part with that behavior and you're willing to keep yeah. doing this, then this isn't working. Mm. But I think that's that takes growing up and, and, you know, all these relationships that I'm referring to when I was in my teens or like early 20s. I'm yeah. still in my early 20s, by the way. You're still, yeah. We're <laughs> still, we'll say we're still in our early 20s. It's fine. But I know what you mean. But the thing is, you had all of those relationships at such a young age. So mm. you learned all of that much faster than I think most people would have. Mm. Whereas, you know, me, I was single until I was 24. Mm. So I'm only learning all of these things for the first time now. Yeah, and we're not allowing it, are we, Livy? No, we're not allowing it. <laughs> I think my poor boyfriend puts up with a lot of crap <laughs> because I'm like, I I don't know anything. So I constantly question every single thing that goes yeah. on. Yeah. So I'm constantly relying on my friends to tell me what is and isn't okay. But then, you know, you can't rely on them for everything because to a certain point, you have to make the decision yourself. Yeah. Because no one is in your relationship apart from you. Yeah. But I think at the same time, I think you, you should allow other people to... To not necessarily let be let let them in. No, but, but you should allow opinion. yourself to talk to people. Yeah, and stuff. listen to people who yeah. know you very well. Yeah, because yes, you know your partner knows you very well, but mm. your friends have known you probably for a longer period Way of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I certainly haven't dated anyone for half my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a serial dater. I always have been. Yeah. Like, I think even when we were at school, there was a, there was not there wasn't many times where I was single. Mm. Or not like entertaining, but I think the idea I think a lot of people we went to school with were like that because that was the done thing. Yeah, and like you say, there wasn't a lot to do. Yeah, and like exactly. when you when you live at school <laughs> and you live for like that hour after homework time where you're allowed mm -hmm. onto campus to hang out with all your friends mm -hmm. and everyone's disappearing off into the forests and behind the swimming pool and stuff. Sorry, school. <laughs> but you know what is you know what's so funny <laughs> about that is it really almost like shames people who are single mm. at that age because. Yeah. It was such a done thing. After you did your homework, there would be this hour long period of time between like nine and 10, I yeah. think, when people were allowed to go back out on campus and hang out. And that was like prime dating time. Mm. So that was when people would go and meet their boyfriends or girlfriends and walk around campus. Yeah. And if you didn't have anyone to meet, it was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit here and like eat rich tea biscuits. Watch the boys play football <laughs> and decide which one I fancy the most. Yeah, yeah, all that. Mm. That is probably all we've got time for today, I'm Damn afraid. It. Thank you so much, Ella. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are a new listener, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. You can also comment and leave us a rating so that more people can find us. Keep up with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you next time. 